Welcome to Now's Reviews. This is Brian, your host, and today we're going to talk about Ravenous. And I'm pretty sure the only reason that I've seen this movie in the first place was because my mother and I were trying to pick a movie to watch for the night, and I'm going to guess she saw Guy Pierce's name in the credits of this movie, and that's why we decided to watch it. I could have some of the facts messed up there, but I'm pretty sure that was the situation. And I'm glad we watched it, because I like this movie. This movie's... We'll talk about the weird part first. It's kind of a comedy, sort of, because I'll just say, in the beginning, there's a Nietzsche quote, and then underneath that quote, there's another quote that could be nothing but comedic. I mean, yes, it per- the Nietzsche quote pertains, and the uh, the unknown quote also pertains, but when we get into the overview, you'll understand why. Also, in certain scenes, when a suspenseful or terror-esque score should be played, it's like a jaunty tune. And there's some ADR comments that are probably supposed to be funny, but they kind of just aren't. In other words, you take out the anonymous quote from the very beginning of the movie, it's the second thing you see, and you change the music around and take out some of the ADR that didn't need to be there in the first place, and we got ourselves a horror movie on our hands with no comedy. I don't know why they decided to go that way with it. It's like so little amount that it's not even comedic. But that's beside the point. So yes, it fails as a comedy, but it's a pretty good representation of a Wendigo. Like I said on TikTok, out of the three Wendigo movies that have been done on this podcast, this one is the best representation of a Wendigo. I like Pet Cemetery more, but this one definitely has the best representation of a Wendigo. And there's more than one different stories, uh, more than one version of the story of a Wendigo, but this goes along the human route, not the you start transforming into an abomination of deer parts and all sorts of different bone-cracking transformation-y things that are horrific. It's just, if you eat another person, you gain their strength. But the trade-off is you get a ravenous hunger for human flesh, which is the bare-bones basic what a Wendigo is. But it's the best representation so far. When I get around to Antlers, we'll see which one's better. I need to find Antlers. Missed it while it was in theaters. We'll get to it. So we have quite a few people in here. I should have probably looked up their names, but I've dropped that, and I'm just going to refer to actors if I know their name and what their roles are like I normally would if I was talking to a friend. So we got Guy Pierce, who's in Memento. He's in fucking the two Alien prequels. And can I think of anything else off the top of my head? Iron Man 3. Guy Pierce is our main character. Then we have the dad from Beetlejuice is Colonel Hart. David Arquette is a guy named Cleves. He's a stoner. We got Captain Estridge from the remake of The Hitcher. He's also Bison in the Chun-Li Street Fighter movie. Oh, he's in so many other things. He's got white hair, and apparently he's always had white hair, and he's got these, like, piercing blue to white eyes. And he usually plays an extreme character. And, okay, another comedy thing, most of these characters are an extreme version of something. Like, Estridge Part 2, or Reskinned Estridge, has... He's a hardcore soldier type dude. I like him when I see him in movies, so that's great. And then the last guy that I can think of from anything else is um, he's Once Upon a Time or whatever that show was called on like Fox or whatever that had all of the the Disney stories in like a real life town. He was Rumpelstiltskin. 
He was also the shade in Aragon, if you watch that movie. He's also the guy that starts 28 weeks later like a dumbass because he just has to kiss his infected wife. Oh, there was something else I know him from. I can't think of it, but... I like this guy in pretty much everything I see him in. I make fun of him in 28 Weeks Later for being a dumb shit. But look, the first part of the movie, before he was a dumb shit and he was just scared, he played it really well, getting chased by zombies. So I like the guy as an actor. And what happens in this movie, just a small synopsis before we get into the overview, we have a officer that gets a medal for taking a fort in the mexican-american war in 1847 but the way he did it was kind of not brave to say the least so he gets a promotion but then nobody likes him because of how cowardly he was in the situation so he gets kicked over to fort spencer in california and it is the snowiest california i've ever seen just saying and uh, some guy comes up to the camp, leads him off into the woods, does some things, and Guy Pierce has to deal with it. So that was a terrible summary of the movie because it's really hard to talk about this movie because there's like a twist or two that lets you be able to talk about the first chunk of the movie, but you can't talk about the second chunk of the movie because of some stuff. Just know people get eaten because it's a Wendigo movie. All right, let's start this overview. We start with a Nietzsche quote that basically says, be careful to not become the monsters you're hunting. And then another quote comes up from Unknown that says, eat me. First thing you get is a little bit of comedy. And it fits because we're talking about people eating people. So now we go to uh, the ceremony for Captain John Boyd. I don't know if he's a captain. I just said captain. But he's being commended for taking a fort single-handedly. And the dinner to like commemorate isn't a word. Commemorate this thing. There's a really uncomfortable dinner scene where everybody has steak. And it's uncomfortable for me too. I don't have anything against eating steak, but they shot it and the sound effects they used and everything that they did with all this stuff makes a steak pretty unappetizing. And Boyd starts to see that the blood from the steak is reminding him of his commander's blood running down his throat during the whole skirmish he just got promoted because of. The general does not care for John at all and sends him to Fort Sumter or Sumpner? Fort Spencer in California. And John has a flashback. I'm probably going to flip-flop between John and Boyd. Sorry. And it basically shows that uh, he he just laid down his arms and played dead while his other soldiers were yelling for his assistance. And while he's having that flashback, we get to Fort Spencer and we have a meeting with Colonel Hart. And this is where we get to learn everybody at the fort. We have Toffler. He's the priest. His main thing is he's mumbly. It's kind of like he's mentally challenged, but like only when he feels like it. That's kind of how the movie feels. I don't know what his deal's supposed to be. We have Knox, who's the doctor slash vet. He's also a drunk. We got Reich, this soldier to the extreme. The first time you see him, he's sitting in a... A stream, waist deep, toughening himself up because I told you there was so much snow. We have Martha, who's the silent type. She's Native American that just came with the fort because they're literally native to that land. And George, her brother, who is a stoner with Cleves. Cleves also the cook. And when I say that fucking Cleves and when I say that Cleves is a stoner, he's giggly to the extreme the whole time, could barely talk. Well, at least for his the first chunk of the movie. So John stares off into the beautiful wilderness, which it is pretty beautiful, and uh, we go back to the flashback. So he gets picked up, they think he's dead, and he gets put under a pile of dead bodies. Like, he's at the bottom of the pile. And his commander's blood 
is dripping down his throat, which revitalizes him, takes away his cowardice, and emboldens him to pull himself out from underneath the dead bodies and take the fort single-handedly. So, he got the promotion because he took a fort single-handedly, but when he told the truth about how it happened, they're like, we should execute you right now for being a cowardly piece of shit. But that would look bad if the guy that just single-handedly took over the fort was executed. So, now he's in this situation. Cleves and Martha have to go for a supply run. It's going to take about three days. John and Hart steal, knocks his booze, and start drinking. But John sees a man in the window. They go out to find him. He's, he's collapsed on the ground. They warm him up, clean him up, set him next to a fire. Next day, the man wakes up. Toffler tries to wake Knox, but Knox is like, I don't give a shit, and goes to sleep, to sleep off his hangover. And the man's name is Calhoun, and he makes an offhand comment about how bad he must look and i'm not gonna lie to you guys he looks perfectly 100 like a healthy man not skinny i mean not starving skinny he's a fit man on the skinny side is how i meant to say that but he's been out there with no food for three months and reich's like how the fuck could you go out be out for three months with no food and calhoun's like I said there was no food. I didn't say there wasn't anything to eat. So they started with the oxen and then the horses. And then they eat, they ate their belts and shoes. And then out while Calhoun was picking up firewood, one of the people dropped from malnutrition. And when he came in, they were cooking his legs. Would he have stopped them if he was there? He does not know. But he does know that he praised, he thanked the Lord that there was cooking meat, even though he knew it was people meat. So he talks about Colonel Ives as a detestable man that was trying to find a new passage to the West Coast. But Colonel Ives was the most unsatiable of the group, and that one body lasted not more than a week. And then Ives started killing people, and he killed all of them except for one of the dude's wives in the group and Calhoun. And Calhoun was cowardly and escaped. But now the whole fort basically that's there, except for the drunk, has to Go find her in the cave and see what happens. Calhoun comes along because he's the one that can point out where to go to find the cave. And George bursts in to Hart and Boyd and is like, has a has a pelt with a drawing on it depicting a Wendigo eating someone. And then he explains what a Wendigo is and they all just brush it off as like a folktale thing. And even uh, Hart's like, people don't really do that anymore. And then George is like, uh, men take the blood of Christ every time they go to church. So yes, yes, people still eat people. And they're off. Knox stays behind, but he doesn't see uh, Calhoun because he's too busy throwing up. And on the trip, John starts to ask Calhoun about when he ate those people. And he just wants to confirm if Calhoun also got stronger. And Calhoun says yes. He had a certain virility. But Tolfler finds a bone, gets excited, falls down the side of a rocky mountain. It doesn't go all the way down, but he gets a giant gash in his side. And that night, uh, after it's been stitched up or dressed, uh, Calhoun starts uh, licking his wound in the middle of the night and he freaks the fuck out. Calhoun instantly like apologizes and is like, hey, I was having a nightmare. I didn't know what I was doing. Please tie me up. So they do. And then George calls Calhoun a Wendigo. And as they get to the cave, they're quite a distance away, but they can see the cave. Uh, Calhoun starts to get all antsy and stuff. So Reich and John have to go into the cave. And while they're in the cave, Calhoun gets worse. They find a hole with a rope in it. And Reich jumps down to check it out. And he finds all five people are dead. They're juicy skeletons down there. Meaning that this is a trap. 
Uh, Calhoun is uh, flipping out way worse outside and he starts digging something up and it turns out it's a knife. And the first thing he does with that knife is not only stabs Hart, but he pulls that knife up all the way. Calhoun's like the best at gutting people. And then George throws a tomahawk, but Calhoun uses Hart as a shield and then takes Hart's gun and shoots George. And then he goes to shoot Toffler and it misfires and he's like, that's so annoying. And he picks the knife back up and he tells him to run. And as he runs, uh, some lighthearted chase music starts. It's just cat and mouse game of funny music, I guess. I don't know. It's not bad. It's just all you had to do is change it and it'd just be a horror movie. So Reich and John get out of the cave and they start chasing after the two. And Calhoun just starts fucking with them by yelling in random places. And uh, they find... They find Toffler, and he has, uh, he's, his stomach's opened up pretty good. He's just, he's not even alive anymore at all. It's just a bag of guts. They finally, uh, end up on this cliff face. It's like a sheer rock cliff face. Reich gets a knife thrown into his chest, and he rolls down the cliff. And John shoots Calhoun in the shoulder. It doesn't really do anything. It knocks him down, but he gets back up and starts laughing at him. So John's, uh, choice is either try to go through Calhoun, who he's terrified of, because he just got up from being shot and killed all the people at the fort, or jump off the cliff. He chooses to jump. Calhoun is, uh, surprised. Uh, as he rolls down the hill once he hits the, the ground, he rolls into, to Reich, and then they both, they both roll down into this hole, and as they fall, some trees, like, collapse down in, so they're hidden. I mean, Reich, Reich is, uh, running off of synapses firing instead of actually being alive and almost chokes fucking uh john out did i say john's leg is broken because the bone's sticking out but luckily they're just hidden enough because calhoun goes down to look obviously and uh, doesn't see him but in the night john pushes his bone back into place fucking ouchies and uh we see calhoun dragging bodies into the cave after a few days of John eating twigs and trying not to freeze to death, and Calhoun laughing, skipping rocks, giggling, eating people. John's finally like, hey Reich, I need to eat part of your leg. So he does, and then he walks his happy ass back to the fort. John goes straight for Martha, asking how to stop a Wendigo, and she basically says, once you're cursed, you're cursed. You either die or you stay a Wendigo. The general asks him what happened. They're at the fort still, Ovs. There's no signs of Calhoun in the camp. There's there's no blood trails or anything at the cave. All the stuff has been cleaned up. So General doesn't believe John's story at all, which is fair. Fair. Uh, the new colonel for the fort comes up, and it's Colonel Ives. Which, yeah, once all the skeletons were in the cave, we 100% knew that he was actually Colonel Ives. So John collapses. He's good at that. He asks for Knox to be questioned because he was there, but Knox was too drunk. He says he was feeling under the weather, but yeah, so he doesn't recognize, he knows that there was a guy there and that's it. Tries to prove his story by looking at uh, the gunshot wound to the shoulder, but we all know since he ate a few people, that shit's healed up. Cleves thinks that John did it because Cleves and Martha don't even know about Calhoun. They were gone when that shit happened. They were back by the time John got back. John warns them that some shit might be going down, and he takes a pretty good-sized knife. Just takes it in front of the two. John kills Cleves and eats him while he, he's laughed at by Cleves, but, you know, it was just in his mind. But finally we get Ives and John alone. They're out in the open, but they're talking alone. And Ives was dying of tuberculosis, suicidal thoughts, 
and things like that. Uh, Native American scout told him about the story of the Wendigo, so he decided to eat the scout to see if it worked. It started to work. So we ate more and more and more people until we have our general or our Colonel Ives today. John slashes at him at one point and cuts his hand like it was warranted. Uh, Ives taunts him with the blood and uh, John tackles him down to the ground and has a knife to his throat. But Martha puts a knife to John's throat and Ives plays victim. And Martha is ordered to find Cleves and arrest John. But Cleves is dead and so are the horses. Martha's ordered to, to walk to the general so they can get John thrown in prison. So John's locked up in the bedroom while Ives and Knox are cooking. And then when John questions Ives about how he killed the horses and Cleves since he was eye-fucking him the whole time, uh, then Knox gets killed by a random, yeah, it's Hart. Hart survived because Ives fed him parts of his friends. So then they have some Knox soup. And they want to, they make, they start butchering Ives. They free John. Ives tells him the plan. And the plan is to convert the general into a Wendigo. They say cannibal, whatever. And use the fort as a continuous food supply. And they want John to help. But John's like, nah, fuck that. And Ives stabs him in the gut, which if he eats Knox, the Knox stew, he'll survive. But he'll die if he doesn't. And now it's dinner time. And after like them talking and eating like civilized normal people which i i like actually i'm not a fan of the cannibal that just like since they're calling themselves cannibals and not wendigos them eating actual cooked people soup like a civilized person i always enjoy that because they're not just ravenous just ravenous beasts they're civilized ravenous beasts i don't know it's just it's like when you see a vampire drink blood and they always have to spill blood on themselves and you're like you're like 200 years old motherfucker how do you not learn how to fucking drink without spilling blood all over your face it's that sort of thing i have weird pet peeves so, what was I talking about again? Oh yeah, fucking John bleeding out to death and finally decides to eat some Knox stew and heals up and regains some of his strength. John's shackled again and Hart goes to check on him and give him another helping so he can heal up. And John asks for some fresh air. Hart's like, can you be trusted? And he's like, no, not at all. So they're in Hart's old office. John tries to talk Hart into letting him go. Hart's having a, a moment of aggression, and then he agrees. And this whole time, Ives is waiting for the general to come back. And he finally talks Hart into letting him go. But payment for letting him go is, kill me, because I don't want to live like this anymore. So he kills, he slashes Hart's throat right when Ives is walking up to tell them that the colonel is almost or the the general's almost there and then John gets a sword and they start fighting Ives gets Ives gets away and then John starts searching for him Ives jumps through the roof because these buildings are like shitty he jumps through the roof fucking gets a stab they both get stabbed in after that like he jumps through the roof beats john with a fucking log until john's like i'm gonna pick up this pitchfork and stab you in the gut with it and then he's like well i'm gonna deflect your next stab and stab you in the side with this knife and then he gets stabbed in the back and as john stumbles away with a knife literally sticking out his back he pushes over a brace and knocks the roof down onto Ives, and then he walks into the trapper shed that has a whole lot of bear traps of different sizes in it. And uh, Ives comes in, pulls the knife out of his back, and they do this little like dance thing for a second. And John pushes them both down onto a comically large human-sized bear trap and it pushes his head down on it and it slams shut and they're both pinned together, bleeding out. <laughs> Ives is like, that was sneaky. <laughs> so now the 
the general comes up with Martha and the other guy that doesn't need to be brought up anymore. I never brought him up in the first place. And he tries some knock soup and he likes it. And Ives is like, if you die first, I'm eating you. But are you going to eat me if I die first? Only time will tell. And then instead of saving his strength, Ives can't stop just talking and he fucking dies. And John's like, yeah, I'd rather not eat you. While Martha walks up, looks in, sees what has happened, realizes everything that's going down, and just fucking leaves the fort. She just walks off into the wilderness while John dies at the end. So yeah, it's it's a pretty good movie. It's an hour and 40 minutes long. It's kind of like two movies in one. Because once Calhoun turns into Ives, it's like a kind of different movie. But only for a little bit until they all die at the end. Except for Martha. She's like, fuck this shit, I'm outie. 100% give this one a watch. And I have no idea what I'm doing next week. Like, at all. So, if you want to know what I'm doing next week, follow my stupid TikTok. That's where I'm putting the new topics. Or the new movie selected every week just so i can talk it out instead of type it out so if you want to know what's next watch my tiki talkie i fucking hate that uh but other than that i hope you all have a good week i'll talk to you next week bye